Welcome back to the National Syndicate Clients of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you. Ernestine Medebeck, she's with us today. She's a, part of a coalition called the Diverse Books for All Coalition. And uh, really glad to have you on the program, uh, Ernestine. Really interesting topic today. We're going to talk about Banned Books Week. And uh, we just had it last week. But let's face it, uh, we should be mindful of the problem of banned books year round and uh you know and it's a growing problem and and uh really it's so interesting because it's one of the many things uh we like to talk about american exceptionalism people do i'm I'm not so so inclined to do so but that was one area of exceptionalism was that uh you know we really did believe in in free access to books and not being over uh, reactionary like you've got in totalitarian regimes where where you saw the nazis piling up books to destroy them and and uh you know it's a very strange world and so when we saw in, in years past and your organization's been around since the 1980s uh, banned book, you know, we and mindful of banned books and how dangerous that is. You know, we, we took a lot of pride as a culture, I think, in how it's much more theoretical for us. Not anymore. Absolutely. Not anymore. Uh, suddenly this narrative has uh, taken hold, and it really is. Um, I'm here to declare a, a false narrative. Our world, uh, particularly in the United States, um, is evolving in ways that I think will make us uh, better, stronger, wiser, and banned books just uh, really undermine that evolution. Yeah, and it's really inclined towards trying to create narratives in people's mind, in, in minds. In my opinion, it, it has a lot to do with compliance, keeping the people in compliance rather than autonomous and free thinking. And although this is overwhelmingly a right-wing problem, and I don't even consider it right-wing unless you want to go back into, uh, you know, uh, history pretty pretty deep, pretty far back uh, to find this. Um, uh, American conservatism had a lot of small L, not big L, but small L liberal values. And, and the idea of, of uh, a lot of, of uh, access to information, that was something that was pretty common in both sides. Now the right has gone completely off the rails in this area. And I'm someone who, who is right of center. I, I'm not a liberal. Uh, I, I like to think I'm a little bit of a small L liberal, believing in liberty. But, but this is insane what I'm seeing now. And even this past week, I was reading in the Daily Blaze about a school district, and that's a liberal publication uh, of uh, teachers trying to uh, uh, stop using um, To Kill a Mockingbird because of the fact that it does have incredibly racist overtones in the classroom. And part of the free education, part of how to be educated people was being exposed to things that we're not even comfortable with. And we're not even talking about pornographic or excessively violent, just ideas that make us uncomfortable. That's how we grow, isn't it? Absolutely, Kevin. It is how we grow, and it really is a reflection of the makeup of our, our country, our society, and our world. Uh, first, you know, understanding that I'm part of the Diverse Books for All Coalition, so we're very clear uh, to make sure that people understand what a diverse book even is uh, and what a quality diverse book is, um, and so I think that's uh, an important place to start. What are we even talking about in terms of what books can and can't 
um, read or should be pushed back or challenged against. And the bottom line is uh, books that provide authentic representations of different cultures and abilities and ways in which people live um, and those nuances in culture, that underpins what a diverse book is. Uh, it has engaging uh, plots and rich and descriptive language as children are learning vocabulary is critical, cultural awareness and sensitivities is critical, and inclusive perspectives. And you want those books to be written by authors who are authentically representing the content in the books and the experiences, and ultimately uh, that has a positive impact on their learning. Uh, First Book, which is the uh, lead organization for our Diverse Books All Coalition, did a study with 450 educators in this country. And the results are um, really clear. When children have the opportunity to choose what they read, and if they're choosing books that are also have a choice of books that's diverse, their reading scores go up, and their interest in, in reading goes up. So their leisure time for reading goes up. That's what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Right, and so and and so I I get that that kind of a, it's kind of a niche focus I guess you would say, and, and and you're providing clarity there. But part of protecting those books included protecting books that are in that scope, don't you think? I mean, obviously there needs to be age appropriateness involved, um, but uh, you know, yeah. a part of this part of what makes a democratic society you know work. It's the uh, idea of us tolerating stuff that uh, we personally don't like very much. That's, you know, everyone has their ability to have their opinion and their ideas. Uh, Education is for all children, not just some children, not just specific people's children. And so the heart of the banned books issue really gets down to infringement of rights, in my opinion. If you as a parent don't want your child to expose to certain content, that is most certainly you're right. No one's taking that away from you willingly. Uh, but you do not have the right to restrict content and books from other people's children. And so there is clear uh, perspective on both sides of the issue. The bottom line here, Kevin, is that our uh, worlds are shifting. The hue of our country has changed. The majority of youth in our country are children of color. They should have the opportunity to read books that reflect who they are and the experiences that they uh, find relevant, as well as exposing them to other cultures and different experiences. So it's a windows and mirrors kind of situation, reflecting their world and seeing out to other people's worlds and perspectives. So, um, and as our children grow, uh, if they are cut off from expansive content and thinking, they will be left behind. That's the false narrative in the uh, Band Books Challenge. You can't eradicate uh, the world we're living in by, uh, like you just, you said it so eloquently, by allowing people the opportunity to have the information. That is what underpins our democracy. The freedom to read is core to that. Yes. Yeah, so did you say the majority of children are are people of color? Is that what you said? The majority of children being born in the United States today, yes, are children of color. Oh, are white. 
Our children of color. I, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, non-white. Got it. Okay. That's interesting. And I think that probably there's all to be true, even though the uh, majority of, of Americans are still as a thinner majority every year, which is why you're, I think, frankly, fueling the fear reaction that, that we're getting rather than one of cooperation, which would make things so much better if they, uh, if they chose route. It, it, it's hard. You know, when, when the majority becomes more and more marginalized, which is happening demographically, uh, the more frightened the majority, and this isn't a uniquely American thing, this happens in Western Europe as well. The reality is if if uh, children and adults are educated with content that exposes them to different perspectives and diverse perspectives, then it flies in the face of feeling of that uh, really unsubstantiated fear. Because when you yeah. have exposure to that content, you are naturally building uh, a base of understanding and empathy that allows you to be a friend, a partner, a neighbor, and a leader among all people. Yes, crucial. You know, one of the models that frankly hasn't been very applied historically in this country is e pluribus unum, among many, one. And, uh, you know, we have really, uh, as a nation, to uh, create a pecking order of uh, representation that uh, really goes completely against that concept, really undermines the concept. It's very lofty, lofty uh, concept, but it seems more re- uh, rhetorical than real historically, in my opinion. It's a lot of hard work, and there's a lot of fear. And the older people are, frankly, the harder it is to make these adjustments and, and to make these changes, but uh, the work is worth it. So, uh, a very important topic, and I think, uh, you know, I go further in my concern about banned books. I do believe in age appropriate. I, I believe that uh, there should be a lot of caution about what is not, not allowed with much greater latitude towards uh, freedom rather than towards uh, the government. What should and should not be uh, read. I, I look at Florida, for example, or what's happening in schools there. That's just an unmitigated disaster that's trying to drag a state uh, back. Uh, I think it's shameful what I'm seeing there. And it's now common practice there. Uh, talk a little bit about, as we got uh, time running out, talk a little bit about how your organization uh, provides objectives and also provide the website. Yes, so I'll start with the website. Our website is diversebooksforall.org, and the coalition is moving with an incredible sense of urgency. We've all seen the many articles about there's a reading crisis in this country, and it shows that reading test scores in this nation are plummeting. So, again, the argument around banned books is not helpful to ensuring that all children are being educated and are literate by grade three, I mean, by, yeah, grade three and beyond. So the coalition's efforts are not just something fun to do or against a book ban. It is critical. Um, And so what we are doing with a real sense of urgency is using our collective market power to purchase and distribute over 600,000 books um, in the the next 18 months to – schools, and children all across the country. These are beautiful, quality books that share different cultures uh, and different people's abilities. 
And we've already begun the process of getting out our first 130,000 books. We've partnered with publishers that children and parents have loved for years. Abrams, Barefoot Books, Candlewick, Penguin Random House. I'm sure your listeners have children, the books that they have children, from those publishers that they have been loving for years. And so we are making sure that those books are getting into the hands of children who most need them. Ernestine, thank you so much for being with us. Ernestine Benedict, why don't you mention real quickly the company that you're with and organization you're with that's part of the coalition. By all means, they're they're a very important part of the coalition. I'd love to. So I'm with Zero to Three. It's the nation's leading organization in this country on a mission to ensure that all babies and toddlers have a strong start in life. Uh, So while we don't directly distribute books, we know that educating and advocating for parents to integrate diverse books from the youngest ages is very much a part of our mission. And we're really proud to be part of the coalition and being a megaphone to support the coalition's work. And we want to make sure that children have access to really rich books from birth. Yes, very good. Thanks so much for your time. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Stay tuned for more after this.